whoever is listening, guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Grayson Mann. As always, this is a little preface before our interview with Furman Paladins Ford, Jalen Slauson. It's a great interview. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. I just have to get a couple things off of mine. I'm like all scrambled. I just watched the Celtics Brooklyn Nets game one. Holy cow. What a game. Happy Easter to those who celebrate. And I just want to preface before the interview starts, we have a couple little things. I know I just repeated myself, but we have a little bit of an internet thing. And one of the questions, I believe when he's talking about sports center being on the top 10 with the dunk, but it's still good. We're able to get a solid answer out of him. And the second one is right in the middle of this interview. He gets a phone call from a former five-star guard in Josiah James, who currently plays for Tennessee. If you watch the March Madness tournament, he had a fantastic tournament and it's just like really fun joke. And I was like, well, do I keep this in or do I try to edit it out? And everyone that I talked to said, you know what, keep it in. It's a funny moment. It shows how connected Jalen is in the basketball world and so many other great things. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Ford Jalen Slauson. It's a fantastic interview. He's a great friend of mine. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Thank you, guys, as always, and take care. Whoever is listening, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 80. 80 episodes, guys. That's just insane. Today, I'm joined a special guest, special guest, good friend of mine, someone I went to high school with. So, you guys, the connections are insane. Jalen Slauson. Hails from Somerville, South Carolina, and is a forward for the Furman Paladins men's basketball team, the reigning defensive player of the year for the Southern Conference, so he's locking it down for Furman. Jalen, how you doing today, man? It's good to have you on. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. So, guys, if you don't know, this is actually a weird, uh, not weird in a sense, but crazy. I played football with this guy, and when I was a freshman and a sophomore on the sidelines, I was watching Jalen. He was just absolutely destroying DBs. Like The game plan at some points was just, hey, just throw it up and we'll get a 50-50 ball. He was our DK Metcalf in a sense. But today we're going to talk about his basketball journey. So I want to just go right to the start, Jalen. Take my audience through your start with basketball. How What, what clicked for you? Was it that first practice? Was it that first shot you made? Were there any influential figures early on in like youth basketball or any camps that you that really pushed you to be where you are today? Man, um, I my mom has a picture of me, and I'm literally five days old with a uh, I'm literally five days old with a basketball in my hands. Um, so in terms of like influential figures, uh, you know, my dad had a short stint in the NBA, played a long time overseas. Brother played college basketball. Cousins all played college basketball. Uncles, uh, aunts. So, um, you know, it's it's been in my blood since for a long time, um, generations now. Uh, my nephew's 15. He'll be a freshman next year. Uh, he's probably going to play for our varsity team at Pinewood. Um, he's looking to play college basketball. So uh, it's really just been from the start. Um, I knew I knew I was going to be a basketball player, um, but I really like I really love football too, um, as you just talked about, but. So yeah, um, influential figures, obviously my dad, uh, my brother is like my best friend, um, you know? So I've, uh, I've had a 20, almost 23 years now of holding the basketball. Yeah, man, it's oh, family is so important and just being able to have that support system and someone who's been there before, been there, done that type, type of thing. So I wanna, sure. you, you mentioned Pinewood. I want to talk about your relationship with uh, Coach Edson, one of the winningest basketball coaches of all time. 
especially in high school basketball. So, so much success with that program. What is, what was he like to you? A lot of, a lot of schools, but really saw your talent and were probably like, Hey, why don't you come play over here? But you're no playing for coach Edson. Surely is a special thing. Walk us through that relationship. How did it shape your basketball career and how have y'all managed to stay in touch at, even after all this time? Um, man, I love coach Edson to death. Uh, he's a part of my family forever. Um, he's always believed in me since the sixth grade. He told me I was going to be really good one day. And, um, Anytime, anytime I was in high school and I asked him to get in the gym, he made it happen. Um, that was just, that was when he lived on campus at Pinewood. So that was pretty easy for him. But uh, my sophomore year of college, he actually moved like 30 minutes away. And um, when I came home last year before, before high school, you know, college gets out before high school, um, he was meeting me at the gym at 630 every morning to open wow. the to open the gym for me. Um, and he, like I said, he lives a little bit away. So, um, you know, I've always, I've appreciated him. Um, he always tells me how much he respects my loyalty to the program. Um, and I, I respect him and his loyalty to me and his belief in me. And, you know, that's, that's something I'll never change. I, we still talk all the time. Um, he came up to the conference tournament Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for my games. Uh, catches a couple of games a year. He obviously always catches the, the Citadel game, uh, but he catches a couple of games in Greenville too. Um, so he's he's big to me. Um, one of the first people that ever told me that I could really take this basketball stuff uh, far. Yeah, I, I think the thing with um, just for anyone who's watching, who's from Pinewood, who knows the the legendary status of coach Edson Olds, the players that he's been able to like pull through that program, including you, Jalen. So it's something that's truly unique to talk about. And something that I also find unique about just basketball in general and that recruiting process is this AAU circuit that is, I think most, I think it most identifies with basketball because you have football camps and stuff like that. But when you think of outside things besides games and just being with that team that you're on, AAU is really that thing that helps it's like a building for a resume so can you walk the audience through what that AU circuit is like and any advice potentially to someone who's going through that right now how do they manage that and how do they pull through all that recruiting process yeah for sure um man AU is crazy uh it's a really crazy deal um like looking back on it like I'm not I could if you asked me to play five games in two days right now I'll tell you, you're crazy. That <laughs> possible, but uh, you know, it's also fun. Um, it's really fun. It's good for people who can get on sound teams and make their, uh, you know, not just use it as a chance to play pickup because that's what a lot of AAU basketball is. A lot of AAU ball is isolation basketball. Nobody's playing any help defense. Um, you know, nobody's passing here. It's my turn. People are only passing out of necessity, taking ridiculous shots, um, no effort, no, no team chemistry. Um, but if you find a team that can, that can compile all those elements that I just talked about, you know, playing defense, plays hard, communicates, has, has team chemistry, has decent culture, um, then it can be really, really good for you because you'll go play other teams 
that have those same thing that have those same uh, values. And when that happens, you get two really good AAU programs lining up against each other, and you can get. I think uh, we played Team CP3 my by going into my senior year. I think they said there was like 141 Division One coaches watching those two teams. Wow. Um, so that's the kind of audience you can bring if you're playing for the right team. Um, so I, any advice to guys playing AAU, um, it's not about scoring 20. It's not about putting this highlight tape together. And it's not about trying to go play for the biggest team that you can. Um, if you can play, people will find you. Like my AAU team, we weren't on any circuits, but all five of our starters play division one basketball now. We had our six man go to a junior college and uh, unfortunately dealing with the illness, he uh, he's not able to play basketball anymore. But our seventh man went division two, eighth man went division two, ninth man just finished up at a JUCO and is about to go to a division two. So you can find spots uh, and they'll, they'll find you as long as you're doing the right things out there. Yeah, it feels like for AAU and what we're about to get into is the right fit, finding what fits for you as a player, not just necessarily where can I put up the most points and shots. So I want you to take me through your recruiting process and what led you to the decision to pick Furman basketball as your home for the foreseeable future. What And again, any advice to anyone that's in that recruiting process, because it is a very stressful process, we can imagine having to manage school practices, AAU, and then on top of that, meeting coaches and trying to figure out which school is going to be the right fit for me because you whether you want to go pro or just play college basketball it's a major major decision yeah for sure um well you know I had pretty decent recruitment um I had a I had a good bit of schools to choose from um you know later on in my recruitment some more high majors started messing with me um i so Furman was actually my first visit. Um, I went up to went up to Greenville. I had a visit scheduled to fly out to Yukon straight from Greenville. Um, I get up to Greenville. I meet Coach Richie in person. I meet the team in person. Uh, absolutely fell in love with the culture, the vision that Coach Richie had, the guys that were around me, um, the work ethic that Coach Richie had. Um, just, you know, it all took me by shock and I just knew that there was nowhere else that I could be. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up an opportunity to play in a, to play in a system like, like Furman. Yeah. It sounds like a really special culture and what you guys have been able to do every time I go and when I'm checking in and say, Hey, how's Jalen doing? How's Furman basketball doing? Y'all are always playing competitive. Y'all are improving year by year. So I want you to Talk about that relationship. You mentioned Coach Richie and how instrumental he was in getting you to play at Furman and the culture that he's established. What has y'all's relationship been like? A couple of articles I read mention it as special and something that was an unbreakable bond. Could you uh, describe that for us? Yeah, uh, man. Coach Richie's really like a second father to me. Um, it's it's kind of, I feel like it's hard for people who aren't in our program to understand. Um, like uh, when I got when I got to Furman my freshman year, I was a head case. Um, 
wasn't going to class, wasn't handling my business off the, off the court, wasn't really handling my business on the court either. And, uh, you know, Coach Richie, Coach Richie basically was like, all right, like, I'm, I'm about to make you do all of these things. And uh, when a lot of other people would have given up on me, um, he really buckled down and started spending more time with me. And uh, I embraced it. He finally got me to embrace it. And um, it's the, the, the process has taken off ever since then. Um, but me and Coach Richie's relationship is, he's honestly like a second father to me. And uh, nobody will ever be able to change that. I don't care what happens. Um, I don't care. He's, he's so loyal to, to us. And um, I think part of the reason why I love him so much is for what he's been able to do for an institution that I love so much. But obviously, there's some deep-rooted love for, for him, too. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like he's really just like committed, not just a, co- a coach that cares about winning and cares about the program, cares about the players as well. Absolutely. And really wants to uh, see you guys succeed outside of basketball and outside of just like what happens on those 40 minutes on the court. Because it, there is more to it than just basketball, and it feels like he certainly recognizes that. So – I want to talk about that process you mentioned, how you embraced it. It seems like it really has paid off every single year. I looked at the statistics and those just every the year by year, you've improved in minutes, points, rebounds, steals, blocks, whatever you want to call it. There's been improvement every single year. What would you say has led to that? What did you change with your game? Is there something that just clicked in there whenever you kept playing? Because I feel like the more you go out there, the more experience you're going to get, the more you see on film. So what happened? year by year, what process did you take and just walk us through? Cause that improvement is really impressive, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, getting older, obviously knowing the system, knowing the system better every year. Um, I've been in the same system for four years now, uh, in a really good system for four years. Um, that, and then the work, honestly, uh, oh. It's Josiah James, my bad. Um, This podcast cameo is brought to you with Josiah James, Tennessee. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, the work, honestly, um, you know, pick pick the work up, um, get better, more confident. Um, The more confident you are, the better you're going to play. You can't be confident without putting the work in first. Um, I don't care who you are. If you look at the most confident players in the NBA, look at their, look at their work ethic, look at their routines. Um, it's, it's kind of insane almost. Um, but you watch these guys and you're like, dang, they're so good. But then you watch their workouts and you're like, okay, can I do this? Can I not do this? Like you watch their workouts and you understand why they're so good, why they're able to do the stuff that they're able to do. Yeah, it's something that just like amazes me is I think there was a clip on SportsCenter. We're going to get into that in a second is just like a clip of I think it was like Jimmy Butler, LeBron, and they were just in a workout. They're listening to like country music or something, just casually draining like so many different number of shots in a row. So I do want to mention SportsCenter because most kids can only dream. They watch the SportsCenter top 10 or even the not top 10. And like, man, even if I could just be on SportsCenter for a second as an athlete. It's all, it's unimaginable. I can't imagine 
and not top 10, I think it would still be a pretty cool moment, but more or less you were in it. You were in it for an incredible dunk. We're going to be able to try to highlight in that some way for the show, but walk us through how that happened. When you made that play, were you like, Oh yeah, this is, this is going to go viral. Or did someone walk up to you and they were like, dude, you're on sports center. And you were just like, wait, wait a minute. Really? So walk us through how that was. Cause I feel like that's a pretty surreal moment as an athlete and something you'll never forget. Yeah. Um, definitely something I won't ever forget. Um, I've also been on the, on the bad end of sports center too. Um, oh no. Yeah. That number one play, uh, from the conference tournament, uh, oh. we got, they hit the, they hit a 35 footer on us, uh, at the buzzer to beat us. So I definitely, I've, I want to preface this by saying that I've felt both, both sides of the spectrum. Um, but nah, I had no idea. Um, my brother honestly called me at 530 the next morning. It was like, turn the TV on. And I was like, man, if you don't get out of my phone, like it's 530 <laughs> in the morning, what do you want? And he was like, you you got the number three play on SportsCenter. You got the number three play on Sports. Da, 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 da. Uh, it was actually number five, sorry. But um, so I was like, man, leave me alone. Like, I, I don't even care. Like, I wasn't interested at all. And then, uh, you know, more phone calls coming in from family telling me that they saw it. So finally I just got up and watched it and it was kind of surreal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, honestly, uh, it was surreal, but it was, uh, it was also cool because my teammate Clay Mounts had made top five the year before. And then uh, Mike Bothwell made top 10 this year. So, you know, it seems we have about, about one a year. A consistent streak, I see. Let's let's uh, you got to keep that going. Is there something? Is there a Sports Center top ten play for you in the future, Jalen? I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so, besides being on Sports Center, what's like a unique experience that you've really like labeled down as something that you just because I feel like playing college basketball, there's a lot of different moments that they it just comes by and you just really won't forget them. So, is there anything else in the, your career that you've experienced, or maybe a team that you faced that? It's just really going to stick with you and something that you'll tell for ages to just so many people. Um, yeah, us beating uh, Villanova and Loyola in one week after uh, the year after Villanova won the title and Loyola made it to the final four. Um, that's always a that's forever going to be a crazy memory um, being in the top 25 for the first time in program history. Um, those are the memories that are that are really going to stick with me forever. Um, you know, those that those things we did as a team. Um, and then obviously this year, taking the program to the national or to the conference championship and being four seconds away from playing in the NCAA tournament for the first time in 40 something years. Yeah, as those moments, especially with March Madness, it just they it, it just makes a program and stuff like that making the conference championship doing something that this program hasn't done in 40 years so in terms of that the word that comes to mind is legacy and what kind of impact team teams try to leave on that program they mentioned in the tournament i think every two minutes they're like this player played on the loyal chicago final four team or you got a, something like that so what kind of impact do you hope to leave on this program are you looking to leave so people go when they get recruited to Furman, they see Jalen Sloss and they're like, man, that is somebody that I want to try to strive to be. What's something that you're looking to leave on this program? Um, I want to be the best leader possible. 
Um, you know, it's going into year five. My roommate and I, Mike Bothwell, um, you know, this is our last chance. Um, we don't get any do-overs after this. No mulligans, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is it. So if we don't get it done this year, then it's, well, it's over with. Um, and uh, I just want to be the best leader I can possible for, for these guys. And uh, when people in 10 years, when people, if people talk about Jalen Slauson, I would just want them to say they do play really hard and can make us smile in the stands. That's right. Yeah. And the, something that is just overall super impressive is you, when I ask these kind of questions, I'm always like, I'm like, part of me is thinking, all right, what kind of statistical thing is there a record or a number, but hearing stuff like I want to be the best leader. I want to be the best teammate possible. It just speaks volumes for not only you, but the program that's been built, just that culture and what that energy brings. So really do wish you guys the best of luck for, for next season. So what personally are your goals for next season? What kind of, is it making the tournament? Is it a specific back-to-back -back defensive player of the year? Are we going to get some more blocks in the stands? Like, what, what's, what's the goals for next year? Um, I mean, it's really, it's really simple. It's to win the regular season, win the conference tournament, and then win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, in terms of draft or future, what is what's the outlook? What's the current – for you, what is your hopes? What are your goals? Especially because we, I think you and I talked about this last summer about the NBA draft and what your goals were. And I was really impressed. It was just kind of, I was like, wow, I, I know someone's got those kind of something that he's striving towards. It's really impressive to hear. So if anything that you're willing to share with the audience about that, about anything that you've talked to, just walk us through that. Um, yeah, my name's in the NBA draft right now. I have a couple workouts this summer. Uh, a couple of NBA team workouts, um, but you know, it probably not going to get drafted this year, um, which is cool with me because I feel like we have unfinished business at Furman anyways. Um, if a team does want to, does decide they want to take me and uh, I sit down with my parents and coach Richie and we feel like it's the best option for me to remain in the draft, then obviously I will. But right now, the plan is to come back to Furman and uh, come back to Furman and bring this program a championship. Yeah, that's right. Unfinished business. That's going to be the uh, the motto for uh, this season for you, especially. I'll be definitely rooting for you and watching closely along the way. So just a couple more uh, rapid fire questions before we wrap up. We're just going to talk about places we places you've played, maybe a favorite personal game. So I just want to start. Where in your basketball career, whether it was a tournament that you've played at or a specific stadium, because I know you guys have played at places like UNC and just really awesome places like that. What, would, what has been a favorite place of yours to play in? Maybe it was a team or maybe it was a stadium that was just monumental. Like you think of basketball stadiums, you think of Cameron Indoor, you think of really Duke UNC the first to come to mind. So where's been a place of yours that's been just memorable to play at? This is about to take you by surprise, but Atlantis. Really? Yeah. Oh so wow. We uh we played we played in a summer tournament over there going into my sophomore year. Um and it was like it was that was by far the most fun three, four days of my life. Um being with those guys. Um playing basketball, just being able to 
spend time with them in a, another country is technically yeah. art, you know. But uh, yeah, is Atlantis is by far the best place I've played. Yeah, because there are a certain amount of tournaments that I've seen. Like I think there's one in Hawaii, and there's like I didn't know that there was one in Atlanta. So it's actually really cool to hear. And I've never really been before, but I hear it's really nice. So yes, that's quite the opportunity. It's really nice. So is there a game that you've had in your career that and it doesn't really necessarily have to be you scored the most points or something like that, but what was a game that you played in personally that will stick out to you as your favorite or the most memorable? Man, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the way we beat Wofford at Wofford this year was uh, – it was special. That was special. Um, I remember that one forever. Um, it's a tough question, so it's kind of like – it's very loaded yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the Villanova-Loyola games, I remember those. Um, oh, another fireplace we played at is the KFC Yum Center, Louisville's gym. Oh, okay. I I'm, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the top five biggest gyms in college basketball. It might. I mean, I, I wouldn't be the first to know, but I definitely think that. Uh, it, I think it, it seats like twenty. It seats like twenty five thousand, I believe. So that place is definitely like just rocking and rolling yeah. every night. Oh man, yeah. what is that like? That all that kind of atmosphere. Um, yeah, it's, it's sick, uh, honestly, like, you know, um, I tell everybody who can that they need to experience a game in Timmins arena. Um, just because when it gets loud in Timmins, it gets really loud in Timmins, mm -hmm. uh, just because everything's so compact and right on top of you. Um, but you know, those type of games are always fun. Um, always, you know, the Type of games where nothing has to get you going like you're going from the beginning right yeah especially at those games where the high stakes like the crowd is going insane i think i've experienced that in little john a couple times where huh. i think it was duke this year with coach k his yeah. final game and we didn't we didn't win but like that beginning of the game everybody was getting it, it was as loud as i've ever heard it it was insane huh. and it was just really a fun experience to be a part of but i think it was more the historical value of it just because it was coach k's fight like retirement tour but mm -hmm. yeah i can imagine just as a player I, I as a fan there's no pressure for me i just have to go in there and be loud but for a <laughs> player you have to face all of that and i was just like oh man that's too much for me it's not really any pressure as long as you as long as you prepared yourself for the moment yeah absolutely for sure now before we wrap up i do want to ask you besides the sports center dunk and this might be another loaded question but <laughs> is there a play that you remember that you're like, hey, why wasn't that on SportsCenter? Or why, why, why isn't that getting more attention? Is there something that you want to bring attention to before we uh, wrap up here? Yeah, I had a dunk at uh, Wofford. I had a dunk at Wofford my sophomore year that should have been on SportsCenter. And I had a dunk at Wofford this year that should have been on SportsCenter. We got we to gotta get, uh, get those on the social media platforms for sure whenever we advertise this. I'll get them to you. All right, word. Sweet. So, guys, that was episode 80 of the Man with the Plan podcast with Furman Ford, Jalen Slauson, an absolute beast in the paint, absolute just force on the court. Really great guy and a really good friend of mine. Jalen, do you have anything you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, uh, thank you guys for watching. 
G, thank you for having me on. Uh, really proud of you and what you've been able to do with this. It's been really cool to watch. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Just keep going, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, that was episode 80 of the Man with the Plan podcast with Fermit Paladins Ford, Jalen Slauson. If you enjoyed, subscribe for more on our YouTube channel or follow us on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. Guys, have a fantastic weekend. If you celebrate Easter, happy Easter. Have a great weekend, and as always, take care. Take care.